Renee, you got me hyped. I'm going to be watching your team. I might have to adopt y'all since Sparks be tripping. I'm going to make y'all my yeah, second favorite team. You know <laughs> I'm going to adopt you. We'll take number two in this case. Hey, y'all. We got a good one. Former WNBA star Renee Montgomery is on Naked. More from her after the break. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Carry champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment, connected with. In a world with vulnerable, considered weak, come and remove the veil from entertainment's elite. It's the difference between what is real and what the public sees. So here's your favorite celebrities behind the scenes. It's refreshing, authentic, the whole story specific. Life altering events to shape the person that you hear. We got a champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. It's the greatest in sports and entertainment connected with every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with. Shout out to West Virginia. Um. The reason why I say shout out to West Virginia, obviously our next guest, Renee Montgomery, is from West Virginia, uh, smallest state in the union, I believe. However, that was my very, very, very first job in TV. That's where it started for me, West Virginia. Uh, I've told the story a few times, but that's interesting because immediately I thought to myself, I, I don't remember meeting many people like Renee when I lived there, but whatever. I was only there for a minute. But I want to tell you the story of a retired American basketball player, now broadcaster, currently part owner of the Atlanta Dream. Well, she is a champion in more ways than one, all pun intended. She has won on every level, high school level, collegiate level. She went to UConn, arguably one of the most, if not historical programs for women's collegiate collegiate basketball, right? But playing under Gina Ariema, who she adores. I talked to her a little bit about that. We'll get into that. Um, there are programs now that are challenging UConn, which I appreciate. Shout out to Stanford for going far, winning it all. If you don't know college basketball, I'm speaking mumbo-jumbo to you, but you know where I'm going. And now she won. She won when she was in the pros, when she played for the Minnesota Lynx, 2015-2017. But Renee then retired abruptly. Everyone at least thought it was abrupt, but... Y'all remember what happened in 2020. There was so much going on. And I remember talking to Renee off the record, and she's like, look, I can't I can't continue to play basketball while all of this is happening in the world. Um, 
people are angry and sad and suffering and we're tired of seeing our people being murdered by police and there being no justice and no accountability. And so I'm going to take a minute and take um, a pivot, if you will, and I'm going to start being an activist. I'm going to start protesting. Now, I'm pretty sure she knew she was going to retire. She didn't say that right off the bat, but she did. She started to protest. She walked away from the game and she's like, no, thanks. I'm opting out. I don't want to play anymore. All the while, though, here is the crazy story. The owner of the Atlanta Dream, when Renee was a player, boy, was this crazy woman. And I'm calling her crazy because she was so disrespectful. Um, Senator, and she was a senator, you know, whatever, (laughs) Senator Kelly Loeffler. And she started some trouble because when she was asked, because she was the owner of the Atlanta Dream, a basketball team primarily consisting of minorities, black and brown women, when they asked her what she thought about Black Lives Matter, she simply said that she felt that it was disrespectful. She did not like what it was about. She said no one should be promoting Black Lives Matter. Wait a minute. You are the owner of a team, a WNBA team that consists primarily of black and brown women and you don't support Black Lives Matter and you say it publicly and you're a senator in the state of Georgia, girl, get out of here. You sound crazy. So I remember saying this. I was like, when this is all said and done, that woman's going to have to sell that team. There is no way on God's green earth she can continue to own a team in the WNBA, which is still with the NBA, and come out and say she don't support Black Lives Matter. She thinks it's an affront to society and actually our system. What? I'm paraphrasing. You know what, Kelly? You out of here. So I, I remember asking Renee, who then played for the Atlanta Dream, under this woman, the quote-unquote owner, I hate that name. I remember asking, Renee, how do you feel about this woman? She, she is your quote-unquote boss, air quotes, And she hates the idea of Black Lives Matter. How is that possible? Right? Renee was very PC about it. But I tell you what wasn't PC, the way that the entire WNBA went after her. I remember so many people protesting against this particular woman and, in fact, starting the movement to endorse a candidate by the name of Raphael Warnock. Now, if you know your politics, you know that Raphael Warnock is now the senator in Georgia. He took her spot. We got her ass about the paint. (laughs) But I remember Renee was so politically correct about it. So not only does she decide to walk away from the team, arguably probably already knowing that the owner was on some bullshit, she then starts to protest and she finds her, if you will, she finds her place what she's supposed to be doing, she said. It was just a new level of what it meant to be a part of the movement. And then she go and buy the team. Y'all, this story is crazy. The senator who said, I adamantly oppose the Black Lives Matter political movement, which has advocated for the defunding of police, called for the removal of Jesus from churches and the disruption of the nuclear family structure. What the hell is she talking about? She's stupid. So could you imagine? No, we can't imagine. But here's the beauty. Instead of protesting her, 
They got her ass about the paint. And the player then became the owner. And it is Renee Montgomery. It all began in West Virginia. Take a listen. Yeah, I grew up in St. Albans, West Virginia, and the community felt and did not look like me. You know, there was, I think in elementary school, there might've been, there were no, I don't think there were any other black children in, in elementary school. And then in junior high, there was one other black student. So things looked a lot different than it does for me now here in Atlanta. It was different. I worked in West Virginia. Um, what? Oakley. Yeah. Bluefield, Bluefield, okay. West Virginia. How, how close was that to where you, where you grew up? Uh, I would say, I think Bluefield is like an hour and some change away from me. Okay. I, 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 my experience, and that was in 2000 was, was great, but I know that it was very, um, it was a very comfortable place with racism and calling people colored. Did you experience that growing up? I actually didn't. Um, I think that I experienced people thinking I was cool because I was different almost like, oh, she's the black kid. Like, you know, it was like I was the black kid because there was only one. And so I didn't really like experience that, but I think I experienced it more when it came to newspapers and how things were framed when it came to who was the star of the game, who wasn't, you, you could see it there. What do you mean? Give me an example. Like you could be balling out and they would highlight someone else who got like two points. Yes, I could be I could be balling out and it would it would be just not even in the news like it would be in the stat sheet or in the score part of it. You would see that that portion of me, but it wouldn't be the headlines. The headlines could be someone of the team that lost. So we kind of experienced that pretty early on and knew that was a norm. Well, if that was a norm, how were you able to get to a point where you outshined everyone it was just they checked the box they checked the st they checked the stats or because I would think you would need to be written about in order to go on to have a successful career so I don't see how you were able to do that and not have any type of any type of shine or pub it's interesting because that's we started to play AAU and so for people that don't know what AAU is it's traveling basketball so you travel around you get your team from your state and you travel around to different states that's where we got on the map. You know, our team, the West Virginia Tornadoes. That Remember, Candace, actually, we talked about it on the arena. Candace played for the West Virginia Tornadoes, and that our team was pretty good. And so we were traveling around to different places, and we had a nice squad. And that's how we started to get seen, and that's how coaches started to be like, yo, who are these girls on this West Virginia team? That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Because you two are arguably one of the most – there's a handful of – well-known WNBA players outside of just the league, right? Those who cross over. And you two are arguably among that 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 handful, that two-handful yeah. group of people. And it started with that AAU team. Did that make you feel a type of way? Because you generally have a great disposition, but the competitor right. in you, I think, would feel some type of way if you're not writing about me and you're writing about somebody else. You know, I kind of just... I just was like, it'll wash itself out. My family, they didn't like it. You know, my family, they're the ones that read it. So for me, it's like when I'm playing against somebody in West Virginia, they know. They know when they played South Charleston that we were going to be turned up. And so the the players, amongst the players, there was a certain level of respect, but it just didn't happen in the media. And so for me, that pushed us. Like me and my teammates, when we played those AAU games, we knew that that was our chance. And so we treated that like, all right, when all the college coaches are sitting around the game, this is when we got to put on a show because 
we know how it's going to be in West Virginia and maybe people won't hear about us. So why, what quality is that in you? I, I you know, people like to always refer to zodiac signs. If you're this, you're that. You know, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius. I, yeah. Okay. Well, I was gonna say, I don't really believe too much in that, but since you said that every Sag I know is pretty mellow. Like everybody just get, you're everybody's best friend. You get along. Yeah. However, um, what quality is that in you that didn't necessarily need to feel a type of way knowing that if you're good, you're good and you're going to last? I don't know. I think I'm a pretty confident person. I don't talk about my confidence, but I think I'm I always just be like, all right, I'll figure it out. So if they don't want to write about me, then we got to make some noise on another stage. Like that's just always my thought process. Even now, you know, when something's going wrong, I, I don't, I'm not the type that's going to go on Twitter and throw a rant. I'm going to figure out a way to, to, to change that situation. I'm going to figure out a way. If I'm not in a good situation, I'm going to figure out a way out. So I don't know. I just always have to, I, I think just the pivot, the, the ability to pivot has been something that I learned young. I, I'm writing down things that are striking, striking me as your, your naked quality. Um, and I, I, I have to talk to you about after you leave, you after you leave West Virginia, you get recruited by um, the most decorated program for women's basketball in the history of the game. That's the University of Connecticut. Uh, Gina Ariema is a Hall of Famer. Um, more than likely, everyone who plays with him who's won a chip in which what is what you did will win a chip and become a Hall of Famer. Wait, you're not a Hall of Famer yet, right? I want to make sure I'm I not a Hall of that. Famer. No. Yeah. Okay, so make sure to miss that in my notes here. How how was it playing for Gino? Yeah, you know, it's it's everyone sees the coach Ariema on the outside, but I mean, honestly, he's somebody that he's going to get on you, so that's a given, but no one else is going to get on you. You know that it's like that that when you have family and you can make fun of your family, but can't nobody else make fun of your family type mm -hmm. feel? That's mm -hmm. him. So he will get on to us. He'll yell at us. But if the media ever does it or someone else ever comes, you know he has your back. And so for me, I love it. Like that's – that's I. and the reason, you know, talking about West Virginia, the reason that I went with UConn is because – I felt like his his approach was different. All the other college coaches that were recruiting me, they told me I would be starting point guard. I would be the star of the show. I would be everything that I ever wanted to be. And Coach Raymond was like, yeah, you're good. You know, you're all right. But we, we got good players here too. You can start. You can do this. But it's all on you. And so I'm like, that's what's up. Like, I like people that shoot it to me straight. So um, playing for him was exactly what I thought it would be when he was recruiting me. He He's not going to sugarcoat anything. He's going to tell you like it is. Yeah. You know what? And by the way, a lot of that that's to me any coach basketball coach any coach you that's what it is they are consistently um letting people know whether they're winning or not winning like i feel like being a coach is a life of stress like it's so stressful you're <laughs> yeah. always angry you're trying like i wouldn't want to do it that's why i never wanted to be a coach yeah you're working to get fired like i'm all set <laughs> however this is what i do want to say about general gino ariema i do not know him and you did point out how people treat him and talk about him on camera he has an incredible arrogance. Does he deserve to be that arrogant? I mean, see, arrogance, people have a certain way about that. Arrogance isn't arrogant if it's true. So that, mm. that's what I have to like put out there because a lot of the stuff he says, I remember when Donna Taurasi was on his team and everybody was really mad because he made a statement. Like they said, why do you think you're going to win a national championship? And he was like, because we have Diana and you don't. 
and people really thought that that was like oh wow like you like you know i don't think that's bad oh it it got a lot of attention so i think it's not so people could consider that arrogant but they went on to win a championship and it was a fact so i'm just curious if i don't know if he's arrogant or if he's just a fact teller and people don't like how he's saying it i think i think outside looking in the way the way that we want the world to be, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if he was a woman, he couldn't get away with that. He would right. not be liked. Yeah. So I'm pointing out what I believe is arrogance, and I don't necessarily agree with his his approach or his style. It works apparently, but if he was a woman, he could never do that. So that's where I get interesting. But should you be mad at him or mad at the system that wouldn't allow both a woman to do it? Both, both. You should mm-hmm. and don't you think we should hold everybody accountable? Like if I, cause I, I get labeled arrogant and I, yes, it's true. And what do they say for you? Like, but what, what's your, like, why? The arrogance will be, she thinks she all that. She knows everything. She's talking over people, this and the third, or she demands too much, right? Gino and I are cut from the same cloth, but I'm okay with understanding that I'm those things. But I tell you what I don't do is that I don't talk to people like they don't matter. I refuse to do that. Oh, do you think he does that? Yes. And that's that arrogance that I don't like. You can be as tough as you want to be, but you can't treat people like they don't matter. And that is his approach. um, And perhaps it works. But you being who you are, Sagittarius and all, you know, problem solver, ability pivot, you don't mind that or you probably didn't receive it that way. Correct. Right. I didn't receive it that way. Yeah. See, but I usually don't receive things. I usually always receive things the right way because I try to assume people like people have to really do something wild. So I'll be like, wait, I think they wilding. Like I, I have to like, so usually my friends tell me somebody's disrespecting me and I'm like, oh, for real? And then like my friends be like, yeah, no, nah, I don't like that. Like my friends or family are the ones that have to let me know when somebody's doing some crazy stuff. And that's a beautiful quality. So, <laughs> Not no, really though. Somebody's trying to play you and you don't really know it. Well, no, because I think why, why deal with that? Why have, because at the end of the day, some of the circumstances don't really matter. It's insignificant. Who cares if somebody talked to me crazy? Who cares if, True. like, I'm being honest. Who cares if, is that going to affect my paycheck? Does that affect my money? Does that affect my future? Once we start affecting things that really matter to us and we care right. about, why why focus on people being, like, and I'm talking about myself. That's what I'm still working on. That's why I think, <laughs> truly, you've been so successful because you do have this laissez-faire approach one of my yeah. really good friends is a Sagittarius and she's very laissez-faire meaning very few things bother her it has very to be few. it has to be humongous in order for her to jump out of her her skin Bingo. right yeah like it has to that's be really who you big. are it has to be really big or I really won't care I'll be like all right so what are we doing like I just would just <laughs> like so so what are we doing I know everybody mad but what are we doing which is great which is why you were able to then leave this program with a chip I mean, and I ain't knocking it. It is the best. If I had a daughter to play ball and she said, I want to go to Connecticut, I'd be like, you go play for that man. I don't like his attitude. Go oh <laughs> you know, so I'm not going to knock that. What I, what I think is something that goes not talked about enough is the type of people he recruits. Your character is outstanding. So is the others that he has recruited yes. in the past that I've always admired and liked off court uh, as well as on court. So you get to the WNBA, you start playing. That was always a dream for you? Kind of. The WNBA became a thing when I was 10. So I started, when I very first started playing, 
I was just trying to get a college scholarship. Like that was the way out of West Virginia to me. I'm like, let me try to get a school to want me to go there. And then I go there, get a free education. That was the first thoughts. And so at 10, yeah, then everything became about going to the league, but also getting a college scholarship because my mom is a college professor. My dad's an engineer. So school was a thing to me. So then now you're playing at this level and you're like, oh, I can get drafted. Yeah. I have my and education. I, was turned up. I can get drafted. Yeah. Okay. So I was turned up. <laughs> Talk to me about draft night. Oh, draft night was scary because um, I'm five six. I list myself at five seven. That's just what we do. Uh, and uh -huh. everyone was talking about how they didn't know if my game would translate over to the pro style. So I'm coming off of a high. We went 39 and 0. And everyone's talking about, yeah, Renee, you had a great season, but is she too small to play in the league? So I was hearing things, and just so people understand, the WNBA draft is like three days after our championship game. So there's not much time in between. So I'm still literally on the high from winning a championship, and now I'm hearing that I could go anywhere from like number one to number 10. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like it was like, so I just didn't want to be left sitting in the room. I know everyone has seen the athlete sitting in the room waiting on their name <laughs> to be called. I did not want to be that one. So that was my fear. Mm, so you were not <laughs> I was not tell us about drafting like when you when they called your name and they said this is the team walk me through that night who were you with family friends yeah. what did you feel I was with my parents so my parents um they went to the final four game and then they flew to New York because that's where it was so they were at the table coach Ariyama who had told me he's not going to be able to make it I didn't really think nothing of it because he literally is a rock star and so I'm like he probably doing rock star things he popped up on me. He pulled up on me in New York. So he was there. So you couldn't tell me nothing sitting at my table. I was hyped. Um, and the first went the first went by Angel McCautry. The second pick, Christy Tolliver. The third pick, Marissa Coleman. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh. I really got scared after them because you don't know what's going to happen. And then I heard the fourth pick, Minnesota Lynx chose me. And, like, that's – I kind of, like, just blacked out there, if I'm being honest. Like, it was kind of like the motions. I'm sure I hugged everyone. But it was relief. I was like, okay, don't know anything about Minnesota, but that's where we going. Like that's kind of <laughs> how I felt. That's how I felt about it. The beauty about the WNBA and 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 for for all the things that we have yet to see and all the strides we still want to make, the beauty about the WNBA is watching you ladies literally go from the college game, if you're in the championship game, to getting drafted and then watching you play not soon thereafter. And I think, or soon thereafter. And I think to me, I love that. I love, because we're watching this process happen so quickly and you guys are transitioning overnight. You get to the league for, or for look, and I'm gonna be very clear because you know I grew up in LA, so you know I was a Sparks fan. Of course, but, that's <laughs> so you get to you get to the league, and Minnesota is the business. Like yeah. you guys are the business. How many chips you won with them? Two. I won two, but when I got there, we were not the business. Talk <laughs> I'm to me tell about, you right talk now. Talk to me about that. Talk it to me about that. It was tough. We went. I told you my senior year, we went 39 and 0. So I literally went a full year without losing a game. Um, and then I got to the league and had a wake up call. We we were like the worst team for a while. Actually, let me. Actually, I'm lying. The first half of the season, we were all right, and then Simone Augustus got hurt, and that's where it went bad and it went bad and it wasn't like the team was bad and we were yelling at each other it was just like we were losing and I was not accustomed to that I mean a bad year for UConn you you, you lose five games 
We at probably most. lost. Yeah, we lost like five games in two weeks. And I'm like, what is happening with my life? Am I good at basketball? I tried to really like, it makes you really like, wow, am I, can I carry this team? Am I, you know, because I felt at UConn that I could use like my positivity, energy, and we could, we could figure it out. But in the pros, you got to have talent. Like talent wins in the pros. That's it. That's it. <laughs> what you also have in the WNBA outside of talent, extremely talented women, you have leadership on a scale in a league that I have yet to see expressed so freely, not always highlighted, but definitely leadership in the sense of what's going on in the world today. I would argue that the WNBA and its players were the first to lead the charge on social justice. Your take on that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the summer before Colin Kaepernick took a knee, I was on that Minnesota Lynx team where we wore shirts that said change starts with us. Again, it was the summer before Colin Kaepernick took the knee, so people were definitely not ready to see that. They, the, the Minnesota Police Department, they walked out on us. They said they won't be security for our games anymore. They didn't like our messaging. Yeah, it was it was a whole thing. People were writing us letters. Um, one of the letters someone wrote me was like, Renee, I'm so torn. I have family that's in the military. I have family that are police officers, and I love you, so what can we do? And I'm like, we got family that's in the military. We got family that's in the police department. That's not what we're saying. We're we're protesting injustice. We're not protesting those particular places. And so people, you know, racism has been such a big part of America that when we started to protest racism, people thought we were protesting America. They thought that, oh, wow, so they're not patriotic. patriotic. And I'm like, no, we're just saying we didn't like what happened with Philando Castile. We don't like what's going on around here right now. And change starts with us. It was not received well. But to that point in 2020, we saw what happened. So I, I could have clear markers of the growth in the league because we actually got fined for wearing those shirts. The league was talk us through it. talk us through yeah. when you started the moment you all started. And at the time, I think it was Lisa. Wasn't Lisa the commissioner at the time? I or the think president? so. Yeah. Yeah. Talk us through the moment where there were specific teams. I remember the police saying they're not helping you guys because they thought we were protesting America. Talk us through the moment, the year that you all decided to do that, how it all came about, and then what happened uh, consequently year after year after year until finally everybody got on board. Yeah, so a lot of other teams started to wear shirts. Um, and so the WNBA had released like a memo saying players got to wear team-issued gear, period. Like, we get it, whatever y'all are doing, but we wear team-issued gear, on game events and stuff so then it became a problem because we were like no we're still wearing our shirts and so i remember new york they put their shirts on inside out and just different things to make a statement and i'm pretty sure people were getting fined left and right just because the WNBA, they were trying to get a hold on what was happening because we like when we asked permission we asked permission from our coaching staff and our management like knowing that this would affect them we didn't really go to the WNBA. maybe we did but we were going to wear them regardless, and we did. And so we just were – we were about it. We were like, we're going to pay the fines. If it is what it is. I even think Minnesota – I think they said they were going to pay our fines for us. And so that was empowering as a player to see that, okay, they got us. Our team has us. And then you fast forward to 2020 where we're sitting in a year where we're going to have to bubble up. Players are emotional. What's going on? There's civil unrest. And so the league had to – there had to be some give and take if we were going to do this season. And and the league was basically like, okay, you guys will be able to control your own narrative. And so if you, if anyone knows anything about someone trying to 
have their their voice heard you want to control your own narrative and basically the league was like well we're going to dedicate the season to social justice there was a say her name campaign every single week to spotlight women that were killed from police violence i mean it was so many things done that the WNBA they let us know that they're on board and and for me that was a long way they came because in 2016 it was just not it wasn't it wasn't even a conversation it was just a no I call that corporate social justice, but but after our our what I, our racial reckoning in twenty twenty, corporate 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 America had to get on board. They could not ignore what was happening anymore any longer because we were at home and we were all watching it. So if you were black, white, purple, or green, you had to get on board with the lack of humanity that was displayed against black people. So you in the 2020 season decide to do what while the league seems to be on board and all and and instead of a no yes we're gonna be in this bubble we're gonna do the say her name campaign in honor of brianna taylor what are you thinking i was thinking that we need to turn things up so for me i was looking outside i live in atlanta so there were protests happening outside of my house. There were protests happening all over the city. I'm looking out my window and I'm looking at the news and I'm seeing the exact same thing. So I'm like, we got to do something. And I called, actually, I called my snook and Diddy and this is what really happened. I was a little nervous because I had never seen protests like that. I'd never seen anything that was happening here in Atlanta. So I was nervous. Like, should I leave? Should I go home to West Virginia? Like, what should I do while things are turned up? So I called my snook and she was just like, oh, no, you good. And she was so calm. And I'm like, I'm good. I just told you what's going on right outside my door. And she's like, no, they're not they're not worried about you. You're good. She was like, this is what people do when they don't feel like their voices are heard. They got to make it felt. And so when she said that, I was just like, mm. like, because usually and I, to give people context, I'm the youngest in the family. So if I have a high energy, everybody in my family is alarmed because I don't even like I don't even get a high energy about anything. So when I was like, yo, what should I do? Maybe I should come home to West Virginia. And they're like, no, nah, you good right where you at. And I was just like, wow. So that to me like was heavy because my parents are usually like, yeah, come home, baby. And I was like, so if they doing this to be felt, what am I doing to be felt? And that's kind of how the thought process started. It was it took two months, two weeks. Like I didn't just decide overnight that I was going to opt out of the WNBA. I mean, I talked about I've been playing since I was five. I've been trying to get there since I was 10. So opting out was just not like a quick, easy thought. I started to weigh the pros, the cons. Am I going to like, am I going to go into debt, try to not have a job, like quit the job that I have right now? So there was a lot that went into that, but just everybody I talked to, they just was like, yeah, you're doing the right thing. Like if this is how you feel, you're doing the right thing. And so I just rolled with it. And then I was also stuck with the decision of, do I just say for personal reasons? Because some WNBA players did that. Like I'm not playing this year for personal reasons. So I was having to decide, do I say personal reasons or do I really say what's up? Um, but I just, as you know, I'm pretty transparent and blunt. So I was just like, look, y'all, I'm not feeling what's going on. I want to do something. I'm here in Atlanta. What's up? And, and I threw a Juneteenth pop-up block party the next day. <laughs> and was like, what's up? What's up? Let's celebrate I this told, blackness. <laughs> I, told, I told the community, I literally tweeted out, yo, what's up? I'm be at Centennial Olympic Park at five o'clock tomorrow. Come eat, come dance. I had a step team there. Serena Grace saying, um, I had a lot going on and we did it over. It was crazy how it came together. So yeah, and the community turned up. Like there was a lot of people there because the protests were already happening there at that time. So yeah, it was it was pretty lit. 
Don't go anywhere. We got to pay these bills. But when we come back on the other side of this break, we are talking about how the young lady from West Virginia went from the player on a team to the owner of the team. That's heavy. You don't want to miss it. Back in a moment. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion. That girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. Get naked, we're. Hey, y'all, welcome back to Naked. Um, this is a good one, right? 
uh, I love the story because I was watching it happen in real time. And I think a lot of us can relate to what has happened within this last two years, the pandemic, post-pandemic, wherever, you, wherever you're at, COVID, however you discuss it. Um, you have seen literally an evolution of people. And in some cases, probably in a lot of cases, the devolving of people in the sense that this has been hard. It has been a tough time. But the stories of overcoming, the stories of rising up, they are plenty and beautiful. Renee, when we left you a moment ago before we had to pay the bills, talked about why she decided to opt out and how that didn't happen overnight. That was just such um, an arduous process, obviously, because it is her love. And what am I going to do? This is all I've been. You know, when you've been something since you were a kid, and then now here you are, however many years later, 20 years later, you're like, okay, I'm going to do something else. Well, what is that? How do you pivot? And her pivot was a beautiful one. And I explained to you at the very beginning, because I know y'all heard, what was up. As Renee is finding her footing as an advocate, um, as she is protesting in Atlanta, as she is gathering the people to be heard, as she is finding her voice, she's also realizing there's more to be done. Shout out to her fiance who said, guess what? You should own the team. It was a no-brainer that Kelly Loeffler, the former senator who owned the Atlanta dream, wasn't going to be able to keep her job. That's just a no-brainer. Um, because she didn't have no brains. However, it was a no-brainer that she would have to put that team up for sale. I remember discussing this on my show, Stick to Sports, with Jamel. And Jamel was like, you think they're putting that team up for sale? I said, they have to. She can no longer be an owner. It's a bad look in a state. They flipped the Senate. Shout out to the WNBA for supporting Raphael Warnock. I know people don't know that story, but it started there. The players in the WNBA were so furious with this woman who said that she did not support Black Lives Matter. I was reading a quote earlier, and she literally said the reason why she opposed it was because they called for the removal of Jesus from churches and the disruption of the nuclear family structure. They harbored anti-Semitic views, promoted violence and destruction across the country. What Black Lives Matter is she talking about? I, I believe it is totally maligned with the values misaligned, rather, with the values and goals of the WNBA and the Atlanta Dream, where we support tolerance and inclusion. Girl, bye. Like, what, what, what Black Lives Matter entity is she discussing? And there are people who believe that. Well, that was all lies. But as soon as she put that on record and said a lot of other things that were not true, it was only a matter of time before they told her she had to get up out the paint. And it was quiet, right? It was, it was done quietly. Adam, shout out to Adam, you know, you, you, Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA. He probably just, you know, sent her a quick little email like, yo, 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 check this out. You got to get up out of here and let's just do this quietly. <laughs> so Renee is trying to figure out, is this lofty idea that her fiance throws out at her, is, that, is this even really possible? Can I own or at least be part owner of the Atlanta Dream. And the way it's done, folks, because she broke it down for me. Thank you, Renee. The way it's done is not like, hey, you put up all this money. Yes, it's done that way. But you also get in with investment groups. You put up, you have to put up a certain percentage, and you get in with other investors who who look good on paper, if you will, who meet all the, the checks and balances to be a part of this exclusive ownership group. Um, and according to Renee, it was not easy. In fact... She was asking everybody, how can I do it? How can I do it? And no one took her seriously. This little black girl who played for the team 
a few months ago now wants to own it? Nah, it don't work like that. Now, I'll tell you why. They tried, they, with a capital T-H-E-Y, they tried to say it didn't work that way because of who she was and what she looked like and what she supported. And I love when a good plan comes together because they could not stop her. It was destined. It was meant to be. I earlier said I love when I see these stories of people finding their voice, their purpose, especially, especially during these last two years. This racial renaissance has given people a a renewed sense of life, a bigger platform, a place to put all of their hopes and dreams in turning this world into a better place, forcing America to live up to its promise. How come this little black girl from West Virginia can't own the team she used to play for? You sure can, right? Because that's the American dream. Enjoy. So how do you go from protesting against the owner of your team to being part owner of the team? Like how, how we boss everybody else like that? <laughs> Listen, I, you know, I'm usually the problem solver, but for me, me solving the problem was like, I'm opting out and I'm going to create positive change. But my fiance, she was just like, you need to, you need to own the team. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, so I have to give her credit because when I, when she first said it to me, I thought that was the wildest thing I ever heard because I'm in player mode. I'm in a, I was still trying to win some championships mode. And then I'm like, what are you talking about? And she was like, you keep talking about, you want to create change. You don't like how people are hiring. You don't like the representation going on. Like who hires all these people? Who controls that? She's like the owners. And the more she talked, I'm like, dang, she's onto something. And so then, you know, I, I remember the moment where I was like, you know what, I do need to own the team. Like that's the moment where it became real because she would say it to me multiple times like you really need to try to do this Renee like and Serena that's just how she is like once she gets on to something she's not letting it go and so I'm like okay like okay and I'm always like the okay okay in due time like maybe later and she's like no you need to start now like what do you mean later and so once I made my mind up once she fully helped convince me in a sense of this is the thing to do I started to see you know I'm a Hamilton fan I'm into Broadway and you know, the room where it happened. She was trying to get me in the room where it happens. And I was, That's it. I was, I was trying to, I was trying to just micro do things. And she was like, no, you need to think bigger. And so that's, that's how everything started for me. Congratulations. You're amazing. <laughs> so you, you do something that you say, be in the room and you were encouraged by your fiance, which I love, but then you do it so gangster. That's like, that's the move I like. You had to, the nerve to be on TV with me the day before and then announce <laughs> it low key. How dare you? How dare Listen, you? But by the way, <laughs> that's look, little Wayne said, real gangsters move in silence. So, yeah. so tell me how it all came about, how the ownership part ownership of the Atlanta dream came about for you. Yeah, it was, it was a long process. And so, yeah, you're right. The, at the arena, I knew it was coming down the pipe tomorrow, but you know how press releases happen. Yeah, we yeah, you can't say it. nothing. Yeah, I got you it. You can't say yeah, nothing until it's yeah. time to say something. So it was crazy, though. I will say the conversation we were having on the arena because you and Candace were really hitting on everything that was already in. Like, I, y'all were speaking to my soul, basically. And I'm like, ain't this the We were talking about ownership. Um, I'm, I'm writing down cause you know, this is a, a heavily produced podcast. So I'm like, I got to get these arena clips in here too. Cause I yeah. remember, and you yes. were just like, mm-hmm, I was sitting there like, wow, yeah, they women, talking that talk. <laughs> women got to own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, 
honestly, for me, it was like I didn't need confirmation. But when you hear things like that, it's like this is exactly why I wanted to do it. Like a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people saw it as a boss up and oh, yes, get back. But for me, I was I was thinking of what we just did. You know, we just hired an all black woman broadcast crew, LaChina, Angel, Tabitha, Autumn, all black women. So that's not normal. That's not normal in sports. Then we went and hired a black led agency, ad agency. So that's the things I was thinking about. But I love that people, you know, like it's women empowerment. It's all of those things. But for me, like we we changing things here in Atlanta. You know, you don't see what's ha what we're about to do. We're like, you don't see it in sports, but we're trying to make things a new normal. And it's not just me. You know, it's the other the other two owners, Suzanne A. Bear and Larry G. And let me go back to how I got to them. So I had to tell Kathy Engelbert that I was serious, basically. And so, Kathy Engelbert is the commissioner of the, the WNBA. OK, yep. Kathy's the commissioner. So like the question that you're asking me, we were literally asking ourselves in the house, like, so how do you go about trying to get a team? Like, I didn't even know where to start. So where I started was Kathy, like, you know, okay, Kathy, she's the commissioner. Surely she has the connections and it didn't really start there, but that's like, let's give you the, the heavy hitter pieces. So I hit Kathy and I'm like, yo, Kathy, I'm actually really serious about trying to be a part of the ownership group for the dream. And to let you know how serious I am, I'm about to retire. You know, like I'm gonna tell her like, cause I know you can't be, you can't be an active player and be an owner at the same time. So I was like, and I know that you have, you can't be that. So I'm about to retire in a couple weeks, months. It was that time frame. She's like, oh wow. So, okay, so you're serious. And I'm like, dead serious. And so then she was like, basically, all right, let me circle back. So she went and reached out to the bidders and basically Suzanne Hebert, Larry G were gonna be the winning bid and she connected us. So I hopped on Zoom with them and it was wild. I'm not gonna lie. Like it was wild to hear how we instantly clicked because I was nervous. I didn't want to get into a situation where I'm with an ownership group that doesn't have the same views as me because I'm very, I'm very dead set on if I don't, if I'm not with that kind of energy, I'm just not with it. Like I'll just remove myself. So I was like, I was nervous that they wouldn't have the right energy, but they were like all in, like they are about that life. And so to me, it was a no brainer. I was like, so are we doing this? And they're like, I think we're doing it. So I'm like, so let's do that. It really happened like that. On, we had one Zoom. Like, it's just crazy. Like, it, it just clicked. Wow. So yeah. then you hang up basically knowing you're the owner or what Not happens? Not quite yet. So we hang up and my whole family's blowing up my line. How did it go? Well, like, what was it like? And I FYI, like, who is my Snook? Snook is my mom. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> yeah, Snook is my mom. She's actually here okay. right now. Um, but yeah, my whole okay. Family, just want to make sure I say that up. right. So I have to talk to my Snook, and I'm like, okay, I think that's her mom. I didn't know yep. it's making sure I was right. Okay. Yeah, Snook of is my my mom, and so, <laughs> and I was just telling them like, yo, I think it went great. Um, and then it was actually a little silent for a while. And imagine those days, like you know, I had some long days just like waiting on the phone to ring or waiting on a text. Um, but then, you know, Kathy reached out. I think it's going to be a go. It was a lot of back and forth. That's why I said so. It was a lot of back and forth. But long story short, then we had to we had to talk to like the board of governors. You had to, there's there's different there's levels to owning a team. It ain't just about signing a paper just so people know you have to get accepted. You have to, you know, talk to people, let them know what's your vision. Are you going to yeah. be good for the league? Because at the end of the day, they don't want a group to come in and basically run a team to the ground and just leave. So right. it was a lot, but to me, it was, it was crazy to go through that process. 
Um, I had already done a little bit of that process before when I became part owner of the FCF team, The Beast, with Marshawn Lynch and Miro. So I already yeah. kind of knew little steps, but this was this this was on a way different scale. So so now you're sitting in the seat where you're and your fantasy says be in the room, yeah. be in the room, yeah. and you're sitting in the seat, and it makes sense to me on the outside looking in. And it was just, I just love the whole process of it. I do have to tell you that. I was like, okay, then, G, tell us nothing, but tell us everything. Yeah. Like, that's how you move. You know, oh, by the way, <laughs> let me just drop this on you. Um, but you're now in the room with these, what I think is a, a natural skill set to, to help pivot, to help solve problems. And you look at the WNBA, the entire landscape, um, the inequity in pay, the lack of sometimes sponsorship, um, uh, the the definite need for more support um, from the NBA. What are your, outside of being the change you want to see, because we know that you are an activist and you are activated. What are you hoping to do? If you could give me your elevator pitch as as a part owner of the Atlanta Dream, what are you hoping to do? I'm hoping to make the Atlanta Dream look like Atlanta. So diverse, represented. There's a lot of women leaders in Atlanta, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, Stacey Abrams. I want Atlanta Dream to look like the city of Atlanta, the community, everything about it. So if that's the vendors we're hiring, if that's our all black woman broadcast team, that it is it should be normal. We in Atlanta, you know, okay. if it's the music yes. that's playing in our gym, if yes. it's I can't wait for people to see our intro video, it's lit. When they see that, they gonna really get it. I I'm telling I don't you. Think- I would. I need to be a part of all things that you guys are doing. Where yes. we're talking about empowering Black women. So you make sure you put me on a list. I'm dare to do yes. it. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. This so the, the, the opening video is going by. Hey, the, the opening video is that you guys are going hard in the paint. Like you guys are being very clear about what you plan to do. Your yeah, yeah. your particular franchise, right? Yeah. 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 It's lit. okay. It's lit. And so, and to that point, it's not. And it's not even like a we hate y'all and this no it's like a very empowering way we're trying to do it when we made the broadcast team it wasn't that there's no other better candidates but we know these are great candidates for us like you know it's not it's and and just so people understand it's about empowering and so everything Mm -hmm. we do our players you know i think WNBA players in general they need to be empowered more by brands by sponsors by corporate sponsorship by media partners you can see it happening now with the Amazon Prime deal and the Prime Video. Twitter has games, NBA TV. There's, there's, it's happening more and more. But we get like, there's never enough. So I think that this empowerment, the future is female movement. Yeah, we're with it over here. And and you also pointed out something that I love. When I saw the Amazon deal go across the nets the other day, I said that's smart. I don't, and I don't want to give one person credit for that. I don't want to say, oh, Kathy's in charge. That's what happened. Adam did it. I don't know who did it. Right. But what I do know is that there is much more forward thinking from people I know that work at Amazon. There's much more forward thinking and much more commitment to women in sports, yes. um, more specifically the WNBA. But as a player, what did you bemoan and you want to change? Lifestyle. To me, as a player, there needs to be some lifestyle changes with how the players are treated. A a lot of times teams try to see how can we get by on the least amount of money possible. We feel that as players. We feel that there's corners cut. We feel that this is a little janky. Like, we know that stuff. And so that's one of the things that I really, you know, I had a player, um, Monique Billings. She she texted me after media day and was like, yo, I see what you're doing. because She's one of my mentees. For real? 
Yeah, that's my dog. She went to UCLA, obviously. Yes, yes. Okay. So Moby hit me after media day and she was like, yo, I see what you're trying to do. And that that to me was everything because we wanted them to feel like celebrities. We want them to feel like they are professional athletes. And so our media day, we did it big. You know, we had the lights, the fog machine, like we made it feel professional. And so that's what I want to do. I want lifestyle changes for the players. Lifestyle includes how you travel, how you eat, how you are treated, the the, the apartment, it. how you guys are housed, hotels, the whole nine. That's the what gifting, you want. The gifting, the gifting, everything. You know, like the players don't know yet, but we have some some pretty lit gifts for them, you know, for making the team type of gifts. They don't know that yet, but that's it needs to be there. There needs to be a standard that no one goes below in any aspect of the Atlanta dream and whatever we're doing. Lifestyle change. That actually is is a beautiful sentiment because that is exactly what happened. Her lifestyle, Renee specifically, because that's who we're interviewing, has changed. Um, the way that she has approached the game, the way that she's going to change the game for the players. Um, I think that's a beautiful sentiment. Lifestyle change. Renee Montgomery is special. Don't y'all love that story? Do you not love what we just talked about? I, I couldn't imagine, but I can now, me working for ESPN one day and then the next day saying, I think I'll own it. And it being real. Let me be part owner. We need to start thinking that big. You could roll your eyes at the thought process of that, but that's how we need to think because that's how they think. Those dreams are big. Your little tiny dreams, make them bigger. Make your dreams so big, as you've seen this said before and written before, make people uncomfortable if they ask you. Uncomfortable in the sense of, I don't know if that can happen. You're damn right. You don't know, but I do. Because her first thought was to say no. Right? That's just how we live. Open your eyes. Dream big. Renee Danielle Montgomery, West Virginia-born. Always thought she could play ball. Got to the pros. Not necessarily what she thought it would be right away. But as her career is starting to wind down, unbeknownst to her, because she still can play, y'all. She still got handles. She still got it. She thought, why not? Let's do something for the people. That's really, truly what this platform is that I have been given. It is for the people. She just started her foundation. Shout out to my boo. I'm here for all of this. But more importantly, she's taking dreams, her dreams, and really making them a reality. If you don't believe in this story, if you don't believe that you can do whatever the hell you want, I don't know what to tell you. And it goes back to her naked quality. She's even. People like to do business with people who are even. People who wear their emotions on their sleeves. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I do enjoy passion because that might be me. I don't enjoy people who are just angry, right? Well, so you mad now. You're making everybody uncomfortable with your anger. What does that do? That gets, that gets us nowhere. If I could say anything about her, what I envy the most, as I said earlier, is her evenness. It takes you so far. It puts you in rooms that you would never dream that you could be in. It allows you to work and prosper and move in a way that you never thought you could. People enjoy even people. They appear more intelligent. They come across more. They come across as if they're more savvy, business savvy, savvy in life, savvy in love. 
like you if you can't press my buttons like the, the, another person respects that business people will respect that a smart person will respect that and that's my boo renee she's even man don't i wish i had it <laughs> i'm sitting here as you know i do being in my thoughtful my ponder process at the end of the the podcast and I, i'm thinking girl get it together be even changes your life lifestyle change change your life and side note before i get up out of here everybody go back inside everybody just out like it ain't no covid that's a little too jarring that delta variant is serious i'm saying this to myself too because i was out in these streets i'm like wait hold on how how was i just locked down now i'm out <laughs> you too close we ain't got no mask on we laughing we hugging Everybody don't have the vaccine. They don't care. I think this might be my new sign off. Get back in the house and go outside cautiously. Still wear a mask in uncertain environments. That's some sage advice. You're welcome. That was even advice. Thank y'all for listening. Talk next week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.